Woods. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service where we can gather together from around the world and have some church together. Praise God. I'm so happy that you're here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Let's begin today in verse 3. We're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. But I want there to be strong faith in your heart for financial victory and for financial blessing, which is what God intends for you to walk in. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You need to see yourself as a Christian soldier. There does need to be uh, an element of your mentality where you have an understanding that you're a soldier in the army of the Lord under the high command of the great general of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Now, you maybe were not aware of this, but in America, if you want to join the armed forces, whether it's the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and then you have Coast Guard, etc., it's fascinating because if you want to join, a lot of people don't know this, but they'll actually run your credit score. You can't just automatically join the military. You have to be accepted into it. So they will run your credit score and check your FICO score. And when they do that, that's going to pull up uh, all of your debts, uh, where your payments are going to, the things that you're paying on. It's fascinating. They'll look at the score of what it is, and they'll also be able to review all of your debts. Now, if you're going to join any one of the four major branches of the military, uh, you know, right now, certain guys would consider the army because the army gives the biggest sign on bonus benefit. And if there is a special division where the army needs to plug a bunch of soldiers in real quick, and maybe they don't have enough people, they will up that sign on bonus. And sometimes it can go $20,000, $30,000. I had a friend of mine recently tell me that uh, he knew a young man that was going to join the military. So he advised him to go into the army because of the big sign up bonus. And at that time, if you signed up and you joined the army, uh, you'd get $50,000. Well, uh, this young man delayed a little bit. And by the time he got there, they had already dropped the bonus down to $10,000. So he, he could have had an extra 40000 but he dragged his feet. And so that position was already getting filled up. And he kind of came in there a little bit late and didn't get that big sign-on bonus. But sometimes the, the Army, they can give you $90,000. i have even heard of a $100,000 sign-on bonus. And you're not going to see that in the Navy, Air Force, or Marines. They have limits like at twenty k or something like that. But nevertheless, even if a person wants to go into the military, they're going to check your FICO score, your credit score. And, you know, I, th- I think that people have an understanding that if you want to finance a car, they're going to check your credit score. If you want to finance a home and you're, you're trying to get a, a loan to buy a home or something like that, they're going to run your credit score. But a lot of people don't understand that if you want to join the military, they're still going to run your credit score for that. And the rule of thumb is, particularly in the Army, uh, I think maybe the Navy is a little more lenient. But in the Army, if your debt exceeds 
40% of your anticipated military pay, then you are not eligible for enlistment. So in other words, if the military is going to pay you, let's say, you know, $30,000 a year, but your debt is 40% of that $30,000, they're like, well, hey, you know, you're going to have to get this situation fixed if you want to enlist in the military, because we can't take you with that much debt. Wow. Financial debt can keep you from becoming the soldier that Jesus wants you to be. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you can't even really engage in the, the culture kingdom of the soldier mentality if you can enlist because there are these things that are, you're all tangled up in and you can't really engage the way God wants you to. And one of the biggest things that God's people get entangled with is debt. Verse 4, no one engaged in warfare. Now, also in the military, if you ever engage in warfare, even even if you do it just for a minute, if you engage in warfare, you get what's called battle uh, 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 pay. It's an extra payment, or it's, it's bonus that's on top of your base pay, and uh, they pay it out every month. But even if you're only in battle for 30 seconds, you come into the combat zone for five minutes, and you're in and you're out, it doesn't matter. You'll get the entire month of pay for warfare or combat pay. Now watch this. No one engaged in warfare or battle entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now Jesus has enlisted you as a soldier in his army. But so many of God's people, they can't really engage in the battle because they're all entangled with all of these things of life. And one of the things, they get some all tied up so that they're not effective, so that they're not on the front lines fighting, is they're just, they're just wrapped up in debt. And uh, they can't really engage the way God wants them to. But the Lord wants to deliver His people from debt. Now, there has been a lot of teaching over the last 10, maybe I'd say even the last 15 years, about the dangers of debt, about the dangers of high interest, and why it's better not to be in a position like that. And so a lot of people have, you know, studied that teaching and they've been blessed. And a lot of people have been able to say, I'm debt free. But you know, a lot of those people who are now saying I'm debt free are not just Christians, they're also unbelievers. But here's where many of them are missing it. And I think the message falls short about debt freedom. Because like I said, if you work that, it'll work not just for a believer, it'll work even for an unbeliever, somebody that doesn't even know God or love God. So here's where they're missing it. A lot of people are responding to the debt-free message because they want to be debt-free just because they want to have better control of their money, and they want to not have that pressure, uh, financial you know, burden placed on them, just like any, even an unbeliever wants that. So sometimes the motives can be twisted, because you know what? Many of these people, they get debt-free, and their giving doesn't change one bit to the church or to God's work. It doesn't change one bit. So the thing is, is they're, they're getting out of debt. They're no longer buying the latte. They're, they're pinching pennies. And oftentimes that, that can even take you into like a miserly type spirit where you clamp down on your money. Now, sure, you're being disciplined in your, in your spending or consumerism, and you're, you're not out there just, you know, you know, like clearing them all out anymore, like maybe that you, the way that you used to be. And now you've got better self-discipline. 
self-discipline and better control over your spending habits. But a lot of times people get into like a miser type mentality and they can't even go out and enjoy have a nice meal well we, we need to stay home and just cook you know cook ramen noodles or eat tuna fish out of a can with a plastic fork and they, they won't even go out and enjoy life because now they're they're just locked everything down we've we got debt free finally now we got to stay debt free and so now they're nervous on this end because they went they went from one extreme now they're over on the other extreme and like I said, their giving hasn't changed at all to the church. So now they're debt free. They should have all this extra money. But where, where's all this extra money? It's not ending up in the work of the Lord. They're just they're just keeping it. Why? They're well, they gotta they gotta conserve. Now you're not, never going to debt. But yet they don't they don't sow. They don't support the work of God. That's why you even see a lot of unbelievers now. They're tapping into debt free type lifestyle, and you know that that's nice. It's good to be free from debt. But what does it matter if you don't serve the Lord? It doesn't matter anything as far as I'm concerned. And I believe, my friends, that God looks at motive. Well, well, I think it's a good thing to be free from debt. But why? So that you can just live your own life and be selfish and, uh, you know, never support the work of the Lord? Or do you want to be debt-free? Watch this. Do you want to be debt-free so that you can be a soldier that's not entangled with all of the affairs of life, one of those being, you know, the, the problems that money can create when you haven't stewarded it properly? But you want to be debt-free so you can be on the front lines serving the Lord, supporting the viable, valuable works of God that God connects you to and you can just run with the Lord now if you have a heart to be debt free so that you can serve the Lord now that's totally different and God will respond to something like that and God will get you out of debt and you can still drink the latte also God will get you out of debt and you don't have to live off uh, you know dry tuna fish hallelujah you can still go out and eat and enjoy a good meal praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus so my friends the Holy Spirit spoke something to me today that really uh, I was in the uh, the kitchen area of the of the fellowship hall and I was just I was going actually to go get a coffee and the Holy Spirit spoke something to me that stopped me in my tracks and this is what he said for those who want to be free from debt in order to give more to the work of the Lord he said you will soon be attending a funeral and I thought that was interesting. And he said, it will be the funeral of your debt. Woo! Some of you need to write that down. Stop and meditate and think about that. The Holy Spirit told me, for those of you who want to be free from debt, in order, see it's about motive, in order to give more to the work of the Lord, you will soon be attending a funeral, the funeral of your debt. Wow, maybe it's time to put the fun back in funeral. F-U-N-E-R-A-L. Yes, we need to put the fun back in funeral and see debt buried for good in our lives. And I believe God's going to help you. I believe God will do something for you. But remember, He'll set you up. Not so that you can just say, hey, whoa, I don't have to pay. A, I, I got all this extra money now. All that money I used to be paid on those debts, I can just hoard it now. Or I can, I can like merge it over here into my interest alone. No, God's setting you free. Why? So that you can be a good soldier and so that you're not entangled with the things of life and you can be on the front lines woo, of what he's doing today. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Think about that. 
all of your debts paid off and all of that money that had been going to pay uh, let's say a home mortgage, maybe $1,500 or $2,000. You've got that now. Hallelujah. That money going to pay the, the car note every month. Well, it's $500 or $1,000, $200. You don't have to pay that anymore. Uh, credit cards all paid off. Maybe you had a uh, credit card bill uh, totaled of $500 a month, $1,000 a month or something like that. You've got all of that now that you don't have to start sending out in all, all those directions. You've got it now. And with that money now, you can do mighty things for the Lord. So if you have a heart for the Lord, God will see that. If you have an interest in furthering the Lord's kingdom and say, God, free me up. Lord, now I'll be a blessing. I don't have to pay all these companies anymore. I'm blessed. I'm set up now. Then God will get involved in your finances in a supernatural way. Woo! Praise the Lord. And that's something that's missing in the, you know, you know, get out of debt type messages that are, that are being taught today. Well, you know, because a lot of people, they're wanting to get out of the debt, just like the unbelievers would like to get out of debt, you know, so that they can have more money, to, uh, you know, to, you know, do with what they want to do with. But that's not God's heart. God wants to be over your finances. God wants to bless you. He wants to get you free from the Egyptian taskmaster, slave master yoke. He wants you to be able to serve him and he'll help you. But my friends, God set you free so that you could serve him so that you could be somebody that he can flow through. Mm, hallelujah. Come on, let the Lord get you free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God will free you up and put you on the front lines. And also, if you need to be able to go, now you'll have the money to go. Thank you, Jesus. Go as an ambassador of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Something for you to consider. You really should tabulate how much money is going out of your income every month on debt, on interest, things that you're paying out every month. And think about what you could do should God pay all of those debts off, what you could do with that money that you were sending out to pay interest. What could you do? You could do something great. Praise the Lord. You know, for, for $3,000 a month, we can blanket the nation of Iran with television. And stop and think about this. Just one person, if God sets you free from debt, if you're a normal American, and I know many people watch from other countries, but let, I'm, I'm just going to take an American for an example. Most Americans have a home mortgage. Let's say it's $2,000 a month. Most Americans have a car payment, usually right around $500 or $600 a month. Okay, so add that up. That's $2,500. Then there's credit card debt. Let's say that the credit card payments are kind of in that basic ballpark of about $500 a month. That's right there, $3,000. That's $3,000. If God paid off your debts, now you still have the money coming in that was paying the debts off previously, but if you had all the debts paid off and suddenly you don't have to pay those debts, you would still have that income of $3,000 to now go towards something, think about it, something that could shake a nation. One person delivered from debt with the reality of what God could do for them, they could help me touch a nation. You could help me touch a nation. Think of the rewards you could have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know what? I believe that we all have a part to play. 
Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 3, it mentions Mary and Joanna and Susanna, heavy contributors to the ministry of Jesus. And it says, and many others, and many others. So we'll always need the many others. God wants everybody to have their part, whether it's $10 a month, $5 a month, $20 a month, or whatever it might be. We all play a part. But I believe God's going to be doing such expedited works in these days that we're living in. I'm talking right now that there will be people that will say, that will stand up, and somebody will say, Pastor Stephen, I want that nation. I'm willing to cover the entire airtime, the satellite cost, I'll cover it. I'll cover it because I'm debt free. And the money that I used to be spending on all these other things, God delivered me. And now I want to take that same money. I want to use it as a weapon of righteousness. And let's win that nation for the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. If you have a heart to do something like that, you'll be, a, you'll be attending a funeral very soon. The funeral of your debts. All of them. <laughs> It'll probably be the funnest funeral you've ever been to in all of your life. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you what, these are the days we're living in when the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking someone that He can show Himself strong on the behalf of. Mm-mm. Hey, these are things that are just between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. But God's moving. God is moving in miracle ways to bless his people who want to stand not in the back but on the front line of the end time battle of the end time move of God thank you Lord Jesus and we'll stand there many of you will stand there as kingdom contributors kingdom contributors contributing in a dynamic way and nations will be swayed because of your giving Woo! praise the Lord Heavenly Father I pray for those that just feel greatly intrigued by what we're talking about right now. Father, I thank you that I sense that there's quite a few of your people, they would have a heart to do this, but they're so entangled. Lord, it's like I see vines, evil vines wrapped all around their legs, and they can't, it's like a soldier, they can't, they can't even get enlisted because they're just, they're so entangled. Father, set them free. Set them free. Cut them loose from all of these bondages so they may serve you in the work of your kingdom. They may get plugged in and allocated into that spot that you have for them to stand in. For many of them, they're supposed to be kingdom um, kingdom generators through incredible financial overflow. And so, Father, you're going to help them, but they need to get free. They're all tangled up. Set them free. Set them free. And then, Father, they'll do what you have put up on their hearts to do, and what they have committed in their heart to you to do. In the name of Jesus, let's go further. Praise the Lord. Another story. I, I feel I need to say this because God, uh, you make deals with God, He has a very good memory. Pastor Stephen, if God paid off my debts, I'd do something special for your ministry. Pastor Stephen, if God paid off my debts, I would support his work. Well, if you say, Lord, set me free, and I'll, I'll be a blessing, then he would expect you to do that. And trust me, he, he's well able to, to set you free. You know, uh, I was talking with a 
spiritual mentor of mine years back. We were talking. Now, he's in heaven now. He lived his life out to an old age, and he's in heaven. But he told me about a property that was given to him for the purpose of the ministry. $5 million property on the beach. I won't say the state, but it was a beautiful facility, a conference setting, uh, just a, uh, you know, a world-class place that a ministry could use for the work of ministry. And he was thrilled with it. He loved it. And uh, he had plans for that, for that site. And uh, God gave him a vision for, of what to do there. But this man of God told me that his son, he had, he had a couple of sons, but one of his sons, the oldest one, was on the board of directors. And the son said, he said, Dad, we're going to sell that, we're going to sell that property. And the father said, he, he said, Stephen, he said, I told my son, you cannot sell that property because that property was given to us for the ministry as a holy work for God. And uh, although we could sell it, get a lot of money, that wouldn't be right to do that. God expects us to use it for the purpose that he intended for it. And he said, do not sell the property. And guess what? The son went and sold the property anyhow, because he had uh, like a legality just by being on the board. He had the, although his father said, don't do it. He did it anyhow against his father's wishes. And of course that brought, brought a lot of money uh, into, into the ministry. But that, that son who did that died just a few weeks after that dropped dead of a brain aneurysm, just dropped dead no explanation, uh, you know, that wasn't something that ran in the family as far as a sickness or an illness like that, but it just hit him. It just hit him. He touched something that was holy. He touched something that was dedicated. He touched something that had been pledged to the work of the Lord, and he didn't treat it or respect it as holy, and he went in there, and basically, in essence, he touched, like Uzzah did, the Ark of the Covenant, and when he touched it, 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 it killed him. I'm not saying God killed him. I'm saying he opened himself up to the enemy to do something awful to him because he had violated something that was sacred and holy in the eyes of God. And so the enemy took him out. Uh, sad story, but very, very true. So the Lord, when he looks at these things, you know, I'm not just having fun talk with you. Oh, Pastor Stephen said I can be free from debt. Well, you understand God wants you to be free to serve him, not run around, do your own thing in life. Yes, God wants you to enjoy your life in your service to Him in whatever capacity He's called you to. But wherever you're called to do, whether it's an engineer, scientist, minister, school teacher, it doesn't matter. You, you are supposed to be a soldier of the Lord, not tangled up, but ready to respond, ready to do what God has called you to do. So God will get you out of debt to serve Him, but He gets you out of debt then all of that money, you know, that doesn't mean, well, now I can just, you know, just goof off and, you know, go to Las Vegas and gamble. No, this, this is a holy thing. And if you mistreat it, if you mistreat it or just, you know, treat this thing as a light thing, you'll end up worse off than what you were before. Uh, Pastor Stephen, you're making me a little bit scared. Good. <laughs> Good. Praise the Lord. You should be. You should never treat holy things with a very just kind of like goof off attitude. Mm, I've seen people do that, and th th there's a wreck coming. I'm not talking like a physical, literal car wreck. I'm talking there's some kind of a, you're going to run into a wall somehow, because God will not be mocked. God, God is not some kind of a, you know, plaything. 
This stuff is very real. So if you will serve him, he will bless you. But never forget, he expects you to serve him. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, why does America have over $20 trillion in debt? Because America has a great sin problem. And whenever you see a great debt problem like that, that's because there's a lot of sin. But God expects His people to live right. God's going to bless you. God's going to pull you out. Praise God. He'll pull you out. He'll help you to live right. He'll strengthen you. But my friends, serve Him and live for Him. And that means, you understand that we tithe. 10% is holy. 10% belongs to the Lord. But don't ever forget that in reality, all of it really is under His assignment and under His control. And so should the Lord say, 60% of it, take it and send it over here, then it's like, yes, sir, we, we hear and we obey. Why? We're soldiers under the command of the great general of the, uh, over the entire army of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Known in Bible, known in Scripture as the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Savah, the captain of of the armies of the Lord. That's not just the angel armies. That's the entire army of the Lord. That's the body of Christ. Well, I didn't mean to take so long to receive today's tithes and offerings, but I just felt led to share that with you, that the Lord will help you get out of debt supernaturally. He'll set you free. But remember, it's an order to serve Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's a lot of you that are watching right now, and things are swirling in you already uh, of ministry preparation, ministry training, and a lot of things are, are swirling in your spirit about possible moves and uh, uh, all, all types of things, even relocations and things like that. And you really need the Lord to free you up. He will, as long as you're really willing to give Him your all and serve Him, no matter where He would send you, no matter what direction He would have for you to go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Bring them out of debt. Bring them out of debt joyfully. Hallelujah. Let them serve you all of the days of their life. Let them have complete financial victory in their life. And let them understand, Father, that you are their Jehovah Jireh, and you will help them. But also help them to understand that we are soldiers, and we want to please you, O God. So let them have that heart to be a soldier that wants to please you. Now, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I have no doubt in my heart that within a few months, some of you that really are willing just to serve the Lord at all costs, He's going to completely set you free from all debt. You may think, Pastor Stephen, how is God going to do that? He's got a million ways He can do it. But just you be determined in your heart to serve Him, and He's going to help you. So call out to Him, and watch what mighty miracle He will do in your life of setting you free from debt. Praise God. Now, let's honor the Lord, and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. If you're going to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28. 654. If you want to go online and bring the tithes and the offerings in online, you could do so day or night at any time, any place in the world. Please visit our ministry website online, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings Sow and Reap. And you can go there and bring them in. Praise God. We also have on our website 
One of the headers says projects. We have two current projects that we're working on. So above your tithe, if you would like to sow some special financial seed, so an offering, you, uh, you can do that as well. We have the fence project to put the beautiful fence around the entire ministry property because we have many plans for the property and we want it we want it fenced praise the lord and we also have a ministry aircraft hangar project and you can give into that as well here in our county of wilkes county we actually have one of the most beautiful airports anywhere not just in north carolina as far as a not a commercial airport but a general airport it really is one of the most beautiful uh, excuse me general airports in america it's absolutely beautiful and so we want to be able to have a hangar there because we're going to be doing a lot more travel and so we're wanting to be ahead of the curve so thank you for sowing into that praise the lord the lord is expanding and increasing the ministry praise the lord so father thank you for your people Carry them into complete debt freedom by the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Oh, the debt funeral is going to happen. Mm. Woo, glory to God. Woo, what a crazy fun funeral that's going to be. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. All right, let's go today to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 13. Deuteronomy, chapter 13. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word today, let our spiritual eyes be opened. Let our prophetic eyesight and the gift of discerning of spirits be opened up into new realms of understanding. Now, Father, we thank you. We're going to need this in these last days. We're going to need it. We're going to need it. Father, let it open in the name of Jesus. And we all agree and say, Amen. Today we're in Deuteronomy chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1. I was sitting at a, at a dinner table with a great apostle a few weeks back. And we were talking, and he had his staff with him. And we were talking about a situation. His staff members were perplexed about something that had happened at a certain church. This church was a, a good church, a healthy church, and they had let, or the pastor had let somebody come in, a guest speaker, who had came in and spoken, and uh, it just, uh, after that, the church wasn't the same anymore, and uh, that guest speaker left, but it, that, that message affected the church, it affected the pastor, and things changed dramatically in the church. And so we were talking about this while we were all together, and the staff members were like, why was there such a change? And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, like, what kind of a change? Well, the, the pastor made many changes. Uh, in the basement area of the church, he put lights in, like, like disco lights, and he began to play you know, real grungy secular music, and they all began to go down there, down into the basement and do start dancing, dancing to a very um, sensual, worldly music. And they also set up a uh, alcohol section where, if you wanted to dance and go over and get a mixed drink, I'm talking, you know, the hardest liquors, scotch, whiskey, whatever you want, you could dance and listen to really repulsive music, and you know, take it all in with the scotch on the rocks and. 
and uh, and then a little further back, they set up a cigar room, and you could go in there, and uh, you know a lot of the guys would go in there and start smoking cigars and telling dirty jokes and stuff like that. And um, then it was then it was soon found out that the pastor was having an ongoing uh, sexual relationship with the secretary, and his wife. Uh, tolerated it and the church found out and the church tolerated it and they just went into this quote new thing how did this happen it happened because a a guest minister a prophet came and visited their church and shared a message and in the mess and in the message he shared his so-called revelation his new revelation that God has already dealt with all sin, and He's put all sin away, and that when it's all said and done, everybody will be reconciled back to God. All sinners will be reconciled back to God. All demons will be reconciled back to God. Even Satan himself will be reconciled back to God. So it it doesn't really matter how you live, because Jesus has already taken care of all sin, and everything's good to go for everybody, even if they don't even know it. Even if sinners don't know it, Jesus has already paid the price for them as well, and everybody's fine. So you just live the way that you want to, and go ahead and enjoy yourself, and uh, just, just have fun. And so you know what the 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 church just bought into that deception. And so while we were talking about that recently, some of the staff members perplexed at the response of that church, they said to me, "How could something like that happen?" And uh, I said, "Deuteronomy chapter thirteen, verses one through four. And they said, "Well, what does it say?" I said, "It it, it says it explains exactly." what took place there at that church. Let's talk about it. Deuteronomy 13 verses 1 through 4. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, oh, so he can move in miracles. Yes. Okay. Verse 2, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which you spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God, now watch this, here's the kicker. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. So you have ministers that are out there today will where they will bring a message, but the message has an element of of mixture where there is biblical teaching that's presented, but then it has some stuff in there also that has mixture in it. Why does it have mixture? Because the minister, the preacher, is preaching the gospel, yet at the same time, he is committing continual secret sin in his life, and he doesn't want to give that up. So what he will do and in order to continue preaching the gospel is that he will take scripture and he will twist it to make doctrine that will agree with his way of living. And so we have a lot of, I would call them celebrity pastors, celebrity ministers that are celebrated by the world even who preach messages 
of you can become a better person. You can, you can do better in life. And, and these type of messages are really not the gospel. They're, they're just humanism messages that are based on humanistic ideology, which is that we should just try harder. We should just be more forgiving. We should be more loving. We should be more kind. We should be more tolerant. We should be more acceptable. And my friends, that is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins, our sins. Yes, we are guilty because of our sins, and in a sinful condition, your sins have separated you from a holy God. And the only way back to God is through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer, who paid the penalty for our sin at Calvary, and you tap into that great act of redemption by receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you don't receive Him, you cannot partake of the life-giving benefits. You cannot receive the eternal life, the new birth, the regeneration, where the dead nature of sin inside of you is taken out, and your spiritually dead self is born again, and you're recreated on the inside in the image of God. You cannot partake of that without receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you don't need to become a better person. You need to be born again. Woo! Praise the Lord. And so a lot of the stuff that's out there is not even, it's not even the gospel. Praise the Lord. Because the moment you start talking about sin, uh, you'll lose your popularity. And they, they won't allow you to be in their popular circles. Praise the Lord. So, what's going on? What's going on is Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, where you have a lot of these voices that can sometimes even move in what would appear to be an anointing, but it's a false anointing. They can appear to even move in prophecy, but if you walk close to God, you'll notice the prophecy has a has a strange ring to it. It doesn't seem authentic. Oh, that's because it's not authentic. It's a counterfeit anointing. And what, what is the purpose of a preacher doing something like that? His purpose is actually to lead you away from God and to get you to accept other ideologies, even other gods, even other religions. Why does God allow it? Because He's testing your heart, testing the heart of the pastor, testing the heart of the congregation, testing the heart of the people to really find out, do they really want me? Will they hold to my word? Who will stand for me and serve me? Mm. Wow, that's what's going on. And I think it's very amazing that it says, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You really need to study eschatology, the teachings of the end times concerning seducing spirits and deceiving spirits. Because Paul and John both and even also Peter had a lot of phenomenal teaching towards the back of the book about the end times and the seducing spirits and the deceiving spirits. So let me just say this. I don't get all excited about celebrity preachers because there's a lot of celebrity preachers that are trying to play both sides of the fence. I think it's extremely dangerous 
extremely dangerous because if a preacher will not lead you into a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness and purity, I don't want to follow that kind of a preacher. I don't even want to listen to their teaching, even if it makes you happy, even if it makes you feel good. I don't want to go that way. Why? Because in these last days that we're living in, the pressure to conform to culture which is rotten to the core, is going to get so strong that it's going to eventually break down these so-called popular preachers, and they're going to yield, and you're going to see them fall. And you, you may think right now they're doing okay, but in many ways behind the scenes, they're already compromised. And as the, pres- as the pressure of culture, of rotten culture, becomes stronger and stronger, you're going to, be, you're going to begin to see them give in on once was rock solid core established doctrines. But they're going to begin to move off of that. They're going to begin to move off of that. And God's going to watch. What are the people of God going to do? What are his people going to do? Are you going to follow that person? Are you going to follow that voice? Are you going to follow that prophet? Or are you going to cling to the scriptures? Are you going to cling to the word? And are you going to say, that's not right. The Bible says that's wrong. Mm, well, we don't like you anymore if you if if you believe the old that archaic Bible stuff. If you still believe that, we don't like you anymore. And suddenly, now persecution starts. Mm. Praise the Lord! Now, I'm not saying all all preachers that you know would have a, a, a large platform, you know, are sold out or compromised. That's not what I'm saying. But I would say this. There are quite a few of them. They're already on the fence. They're already on the fence. They would no more preach against sin than, you know, than, you know, talk about, you know, some other type of bizarre outlandish thing. They're just not going to go there. Why? They know that if they do that, they're going to lose that popularity. And so they're not willing to take a strong stance. And I think that is a very, very dangerous place to be. And so in these types of things, we have to be really careful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, how are some of these preachers going to compromise? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do before it even happens, so that you'll know when it begins to come to pass. Some of these preachers, and some of them are preachers that some of you that watch, that watch me, you probably think some of these preachers are so wonderful. But what's going to happen with some of these preachers that never preach against sin and will not instruct you how to live a holy life? What's going to happen to some of them? Because they've already, behind the scenes, they've already, you know, they're just willing to do it for fame, fortune, or whatever. They're going to give in to the homosexual spirit. And there's a deceiving spirit that's working along with that to get the church over into deception. They're going to give into it. And out of their own mouths, they're going to say things like this. Well, there's nothing really wrong with a homosexual relationship as long as they both love each other. They're going to say things like that. <gasps> and you'll think, oh, oh, I can't believe they said that. But you know what? It, it, it's like... It's like the frog in the water, and the water keeps getting turned up hotter and hotter and hotter, but long as he's sitting there, he doesn't really notice until he's boiled, and now it's too late. 
But you know what? That's what's beginning to happen. The water's getting turned up hotter and hotter and hotter, and the deception is getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and some will just slip right off that edge, and it'll just seem so easy. Why? They're already too close to the edge. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I think these things are very important to understand. And it's very important that in these last days, you understand about evil spirits and the way that demons work. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit direct with some of the realities of the spirit realm. One of the strongest gifts, actually it is the strongest spiritual gift that I operate, operate in, uh, out of the nine spiritual gifts, the one that's strongest in my life is discerning of spirits. And over the years, I've developed that gift. When it was initially given to me, I just said, Lord, thank you for it. But I kept building it up. It's like, a, it's like exercising a muscle. You can exercise that muscle and get stronger and stronger. Well, that gift has been such a help to me that I just exercise it as often as I can. So it's gotten real strong in my life. And it manifests very, very fre- frequently. But I want to talk about homosexuality just for a moment. It's a sin. Lesbianism. It's a sin. It's wrong in the eyes of God. And the Lord can set somebody free who is in the bondage of homosexuality. But you have to understand that it is not right in the sight of God, that it is a sin. And Kenneth Hagin said this one time. This, this is Prophet Kenneth Hagin. And I had had the same thing happen to me, so when I heard him say it, I knew it was true. But Kenneth Hagin said, in the spirit realm, a homosexual spirit smells, now I'm going, to be, I'm going to be blunt with you, he said it smells like dog poop. And I know he was saying the truth, because I've been in the spirit realm before, around homosexuals, and that smell starts coming forth. What does it smell like, Pastor Stephen? It smells like dog poop. That's what a homosexual spirit, because it's a spirit of perversion. That's actually what it smells like in the spirit realm. So it's unclean. It's dirty. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, it just, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's wrong. And if you go along with that spirit of deception, you will be deceived and you will be swept into the last days and you will end up in a place of captivity. And there's going to be a lot in the church that will be swept over there. Why? They're playing with compromise. They don't understand that God wants you to live a holy, clean life. Right now, if there's any open door in your life where you have given the devil access or legal permission to come into your life through certain sinful behaviors or certain things that you're doing, you need to shut it off and shut it down. Because sin is very, very dangerous. Don't give it any open door or opportunity to come into your life. Because if you let sin in, and it sits up front in the passenger seat, it won't be long before sin wants to dominate and start driving the vehicle of your life. And it'll drive you right off a cliff, and it'll try to destroy you. It will try to abort the destiny and the high calling and the plan that God has for you your life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We need to be aware of these things. We need to be aware of what is a fleshly anointing, and what is a true anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not something whooped up and pumped up in the flesh by getting the music louder, getting the music faster, and you know, a whole bunch of screaming and yelling. 
Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't at times turn the music up loud, and I'm not saying we shouldn't scream and shout at times. But I'm saying people can work things up in the flesh. And if it's in the flesh, sometimes people that don't know the difference between the spirit and the flesh, they think that's God. But yet God's not in it. You know, um, I'm reminded of a very holy man of God, a prophet of God that had a very close walk with the Lord. And he, he was also very highly developed in the discerning of spirits. And he said that one time he was sitting in a meeting with his wife at a church. It wasn't his church. He pastored a different church, but he's at a, another church that uh, he was visiting. And he said he was sitting there with his wife. The church that he was visiting at had about 500 people in it. And during the praise and worship, when people had their hands up during the praise and worship, suddenly he and his wife could see into the spirit realm by the Holy Spirit. And out of the 500 people that had their hands up, only about 10 people in the spirit realm had on white gloves. They were only about 10 people had a holy, sanctified life where they had victory in the secret areas of their life, in their personal hidden area of their life, plus their public life. He saw that in the spirit realm. He said, uh, he said another time he was in a different meeting in a much larger church, and there was a preacher that was preaching, and he was telling a lot of jokes, and the jokes, uh, they were funny, but they were borderline, where they had like dual meaning, where like this guy, he would, he would say something, and it, it meant something, but it also had like a, um, it had like a tainted off-color meaning, where it could carry uh, he didn't legally say, uh, how can I say, technically he didn't say something dirty, but it could also kind of like be viewed like that. And so this holy man, this prophet said that he was in the meeting watching that preacher preach. He was in the meeting watching him preach and people were laughing. Everybody was having a fun time. But suddenly he said that he could see in the spirit realm and standing behind that preacher while everybody was laughing, standing behind that preacher while he's preaching was an evil spirit playing a violin and as he played the violin that anointing is coming off the evil spirit going on to that preacher and that evil spirit was just working that preacher like a puppet and uh, you know giving him this anointing to tell these jokes and uh, do all this funny silly stuff and operate real smooth like that in the flesh and none of it was of God mm. praise the Lord praise the Lord now see in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, we are told that when the Lord Jesus comes back, He's coming back for a bride that does not have spot or wrinkle, a bride that is pure and holy. And so if teaching and if preaching is not taking you ultimately in that direction, you need to question the spirit that is behind the preaching or teaching. Is it just humanism? Is it, is, is it like a theology of just, just make yourself a better person? Well, that's not the gospel. Hallelujah. So, we need to be aware of these types of things as we're moving further and further into the last days. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise today. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles. Now, what are false apostles? They are these guys, and sometimes gals, that like to come in and try to stand on the shoulders of the true work that you did, and that you paid all the price for, and that you sweated for, and that you prayed for, and that you sought God for. They like to try to come in low profile and get in there and take credit for it and act like they were involved in it, act like they did it, and act like they were the ones that, yeah, we were the, and the whole time they're fake, they're false, they didn't have anything to do with it. They didn't pray at all, they didn't fast at all, they didn't sow any money into it, they didn't put any skin into it, they're just a bunch of hot air. They're false apostles. Mm. Back in the 90s, there was a, there was a man that was going around uh, very popular in the body of Christ, teaching on prayer. He'd teach all over the churches. The big churches wanted him. He's teaching on prayer. Everybody liked his teaching on prayer. One time, one time a minister that was real sharp in the spirit, that as he listened to this preacher, just thought, something's not right about his teaching. It's not really imparting any weight. Maybe it's like good teaching, but the teaching's not going to change anybody because there's no weight to the teaching. So he's, he he went up to the popular preacher and said, now I, it asked him in private, I want to ask you a question. You're going around teaching on prayer all over the place. How much time do you spend in prayer every day? He said, oh, I don't spend any time in prayer. He said, my wife does all the praying. I just do all the teaching. He said, then you're not qualified to teach on prayer. You know nothing about it. Mm, well, the guy just went over right on teaching, you know, about, about prayer. But see, if there's not a true impartation, it's not going to change the people. It's just giving them more head knowledge. But there has to be something from the person. See, the power is not in preaching the cross. The power is in living the cross. Mm. Evangelicals, be careful. Be careful. Don't make fun of the Catholics because maybe they wear a rosary, and the rosary has Jesus on the cross. Well, Pastor Stephen, don't they know that Jesus ain't on the cross anymore? He's in heaven now. Yes, they know that. But here's a revelation that maybe some evangelicals don't know, is that although Jesus is not on the cross, you sure had better be. Mm. You'd better be on the cross. Pastor Stephen, I'm in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yes, and while you're seated there, you better stay nailed to that cross. Or your flesh, you may not think it will, your flesh will do crazy things. Mmm. Mmm. Thank you, Jesus. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. I was in a meeting one time, and this minister, a false apostle, began to operate in occult power and began to operate in a certain type of miracle. It was a, it was a, it was a look, look, just like pharaohs, wizards, and magicians could throw down their staff and have it turn into a snake through lying signs and wonders. Satan has his false apostles who can do the same thing. And I saw this one 
so-called minister begin to operate in that false anointing and the Christians just went bonkers over it and me and my wife just sat there grieved grieved that maybe out of a you know 500 people maybe only about 10 people saw through the whole thing as being bogus and being actually a satanically inspired sign and wonder but the baby Christians just went bonkers over it you know what the church really needs to grow up the church needs to grow up. How do you grow up, Pastor Stephen? You need to know this Bible like the back of your hand. And you need to spend time with God so that when goofy stuff starts happening, you have scriptural foundation, but you also have the Holy Spirit big on the inside of you. And trust me, He'll rise up and He'll let you know through, uh, through the gifts of the Spirit, through the gift of discerning the spirits, maybe through something you smell or see. He'll let you sometimes just, just flat out raw, see in the spirit realm, and you can see exactly what's going on. And you'll be like, oh, so that's what's cooking. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I'm telling you, with the Holy Spirit, there's no gray areas. It's either of God or it's not. And sometimes it can be, it can be uh, really close. What's going on here? That's why you really need to walk with the Lord because, because there can be ministers, they're ministering, and they can be saying sometimes good things, but there's, there's these areas in their life they haven't conquered. And because of that, the enemy he can get even into their lives and can manipulate things they do and they can release a wrong spirit over the people. Woo, praise the Lord. And so you need to walk with the Lord so that you're not fascinated with a personality except for the personality, the person of Jesus himself. Oh yes, we honor men and women of God. We honor them. But my friends, um, you know what? There's been a lot of people with giftings, ministers with giftings have been put on pedestals, but because they weren't developed in the secret areas of their life, eventually there was a collapse. And then, then the young Christians don't know what to do. Now they're all confused, or then they backslide and things like that. We have got to get to where we are walking strong with the Lord. Why? Because the deception is going to get greater. Now, the glory is going to get incredible, but I need to be honest with you and let you know that as the glory begins to come upon those who are really hungry and really seeking God, and God's going to begin to respond, and you're going to see the signs and the wonders and the miracles, but you have to understand as that happens, there is going to be a phenomenal intensity of temptation that will come that will try to get you to deviate off of that path of holiness and righteousness and purity, which is also the path of power and glory. You've got to be ready for it. You have got to be deeply anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, or, or behind the scenes, they will try to get you to compromise and they'll try to get you to sell out. They'll come to you. They'll come to you behind the scenes. They'll try, they'll try to buy you out. Mm. That's why in Washington, D.C., it's difficult to persecute, not, excuse me, not persecute, to prosecute those who have violated many laws, but yet nothing ever happens to them. Pastor Stephen, how come we cannot prosecute them when they've broken laws but yet if somebody else breaks them they get put in prison but if these people break them how come nothing happens to them oftentimes the reason why is because 
both camps both have dirt on each other. And behind the scenes, because at one point in their life, as a career politician, maybe they compromised, maybe they took a bribe, maybe they took money, maybe they took some, maybe they did something that was secretly filmed, and that, and then now they've got them because now they're blackmailed. So both sides have dirt and mud on each other, so they can't really take each other out because they say, well, if we take this person out, who's obviously broken so many rules and laws, they know stuff about us, and they'll turn right around, and they'll expose us, and we don't want to be exposed because then we'll lose our position and our power and our money, and it's just, you know, you know, it's just, a, it's, that's why it's called the swamp. So, you know what? In environments like that, you've got to stay pure. And behind the scenes, they'll try to buy you out. They'll try to get you to compromise. But you've got to really know who you are in the Lord. Whew, thank you, Jesus. There's a lot I'm trying to pack into this message. There's a lot today that I'm trying to pack in. You really have to stay focused. Isaiah chapter 15, verse 6, prophetically speaking about Jesus. I gave my back to those who struck me. And my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint. Now. That's what Jesus did. Going up to Jerusalem. He set his face like flint. Against everything that was going to be done to him. And he just talked a little bit about that about pulling out the beard, spitting of the face. He would be struck with uh, rods and, uh, you know, he would, be, he would be whipped, he would be scourged, he would even be crucified. He knew what was coming, and he knew the hatred and the venom that was going to be spewed upon him. But he set his face like flint. And you too, in these last days, on the destiny path that God has for you, you're going to have to set your face like flint. Because as the glory begins to come on your life, the temptations are going to intensify to a corresponding degree. Praise the Lord. Now, as the glory of God begins to increase in your life, and the blessing of God begins to blossom and flourish in your life, the rain of the Spirit comes down just like rain. The Holy Spirit begins to fall on your life. The glory comes, but He comes like rain. And when the rain comes, that is like a prophetic shadowing of the Spirit of God falling upon your life. And when He falls, oh, the miracles, oh, the provision, oh, the glory, hallelujah, is here. But see, the falling of the Spirit is like rain. When the rain comes, the glory comes. But when the rain comes, the frogs come out. Frogs, going back for thousands and thousands of years, frogs have always been a symbol of demons. Okay? So, when the glory comes, now temptation begins to come very, very aggressively. You know, my pastor, he's, he's much older than I am. But he talked about the time when he was much younger. And when he was younger, and his ministry was very, very powerful, still very powerful, but at that time he was known around the world. He, he, you know, he was single, and he would have all of these women that would try to seduce him that were very, very beautiful women. And 
he thought for a little bit, he thought, wow, they're they're drawn to me because I'm such a handsome guy. But he said, a man came to him, a very well-known prophet came to him and said, hey, these ladies that are coming to you, it has nothing to do with your looks. It has to do with the anointing on your life and the glory of God that's resting upon your ministry. They're, they're, they, they, they don't even care what you look like. They're being drawn because of the anointing and the glory. And so evil spirits are working through them, trying to get them to work, uh, these women, work through these women to try to seduce you so that there would be a corruption of the anointing, and therefore the glory would be, uh, you know, it's just going to, it's going to end up having to leave because of sin in the camp. So he began to get crash courses in demonology, get an understanding of this so that he could stay pure. And God has kept him pure for many, many years. Praise God. But my friends, you have to understand that what happened to Jesus is also, there's going to be an identification of that with your life. When the glory of the Lord came on Jesus and the Spirit of God came up on him, there was power. I mean, he came out of the wilderness in tremendous power, and miracles began to happen, and his fame went all over the nation. It even jumped boundaries. They knew about him up north in the northern countries, they knew about him down south. People were coming from all over the Middle East to receive from the mighty miracle anointing that was upon his life. But I'll tell you what, the temptations that came to Jesus were on an equal high level, even to the point where Satan himself came to Jesus and offered him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory if he would just bow down and worship him. Now, of course, Jesus rejected that and refused that, but it was a legitimate offer. It was a legitimate temptation, and Jesus could, he could feel it. He could sense it. He could, he could tell, yes, this is very, very real. All of those kingdoms of the world would be given to him, all of their glory, all of their wealth, all of their fame. And there are those today in certain realms of media, Hollywood stars, pop music stars, rock and roll stars, who did make blood covenants with Satan to get into those positions. Oh no, Pastor Stephen, the reason they're in those positions is because that person is such a good actor. Hey, let's just be honest. Anybody can act. You don't, even, you don't have to be a genius to be a good actor. You know, you don't even have to be able to really to learn to read a script well and memorize the script. They can help you get through all of that. There's no inherent talent in acting. A lot of those people are in those positions because they were willing to compromise in certain areas, sell their body out behind the scene, or give into a certain, uh, you know, ideology that they'll promote, and thus they got the position. Oh, well, no, no, Pastor Stephen, the reason they're in the pop music industry that they're at the top is because they're so gifted and talented and they can sing so good. Now, you know that's not the truth because a lot of them can't even sing. They can't even hold a tune. But you know what? Behind the scenes, the leaders of the music industry, they don't care. They can correct that with an auto-tune. They can make you sound like an angel. They can make you look like an angel. And they can give you a platform, and they'll prop you up, and they can do all of this stuff. They can make you look good if you can't even sing on key. They can fake all of that out. 
Now, if you can sing good, that's even that gives them more room to work with you. But a lot of people, they have sold their soul in behind the scene deals. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So as the see, see, all of that stuff was presented to Jesus too. See, it was given to him if it was being excuse, not given to him, but being offered to him if he would sell out and he didn't do it. But oh, these are heavy temptations. So those things were offered to him. Um, I, I ministered with the prophet one time, and that that prophet shared about how Satan came to him and said, and said, Jesus has not been treating you very good. You've had a lot of hardships. You've had a lot of difficulties, and um, and basically Satan brought a lot of accusations against the Lord. A lot, you know, because this prophet was, you know, a very holy man of God and very, very powerful prophet. I mean, the things that he prophesied to me were just, you know, phenomenal, incredible gifting. But Satan said, I'll make you an offer. If you will become my prophet, I will make you world famous and you will raise up an entire new religious branch that I will birth into the earth and you'll be the prophet over all of it. Well, Pastor Stephen, what, what did your minister friend say? How did he respond? Satan looked at him and said, will you do this for me? Will you accept this? I'll give you all of this worldwide, worldwide fame. You'll be my prophet, and uh, you'll hit in the entire religion. And he said, no. My friend said, no, because you never died for me. You don't even love me. You never died for me. Jesus died for me. And so he rejected that. And he still has a very beautiful ministry today. But my friends, these things are very, very real. If you're going to have the glory, you're going to have the stronger glory, the reign of the Spirit, the frogs are coming out. You need to be ready for the frogs. This is not a game. You cannot be playing some wishy-washy form of Christianity. Let me, let me be more blunt. You cannot play this watered-down, westernized version of Christianity. It will not hold you up when the intense temptations and persecution comes now what happens with Satan is that when he brings the temptation if you stand strong and resist it because you're guarding the glory you're guarding and protecting the anointing you're guarding your your walk with the Lord see I was told many years back by a prophet he said to me he said Stephen your security is in your purity Woo! did you hear that he told me, he told me before I ever had a full, even before I was even full time in the ministry, even before I had even gone to any nation and preached, he told me, Stephen, your security is in your purity. Mm -hmm. See, some of you, you're playing too loose with sin. You're playing with sin. It's like having a pet rattlesnake in your garage. That's not a good pet. You need to get rid of it. You need to shut the door, get that completely out of your life, or it will bite you. It will hurt you very, very badly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, don't play around with sin. Close the door down on it. Close the door down on it. I've had, I've had some things come to me, too. Some offers from... Uh, from from the high headquarters of the dark side, wanting me to sell out. I said, no, we'll do this for you if you do it. No, listen, 
will give you this. I mean, I'm talking legitimate offers. I said, no, don't hang up the phone. I'm hanging up the phone. Do not hang up the phone. I'm hanging up the phone now. And the la- I remember on one of those supernatural calls because they even got my private number and called me. And the last thing I heard when uh, the last thing I heard from them when I sla- when I slammed the phone down, this was, I didn't have a cell phone. It was a, this was a home phone. They even got my home phone. The last thing I heard was the man yelling, pleading, screaming at me, don't hang up the phone. <laughs> I just hung up the phone on the devil. I'm not, I'm not doing it. There's just a point. You said, okay, you had your opportunity to present it. I don't want it. Uh, you've made your pres- presentation. I'm rejecting it. I'm sticking with Jesus. And um, I'm so glad I did. Woo! Glory to God. I'm so glad I did. The filthy, dirty devil is a liar. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. my friends the frogs come out in the rain you got to be ready for that I, you know I don't even know where they come from I, I know they're down in the dirt hibernating or sleeping or something like that but you could think oh it's so dry nothing going on here but it starts raining they just start coming up out of the ground and you know here in the south we have a lot of ponds and stuff like that and lakes they just they just pop up all over the place and I'm not against frogs I think frogs are nice they they eat the insects they eat the bugs but frogs prophetically spiritually represent demons and unclean spirits and so I'm just saying be ready the frogs come out when it begins to rain when the glory comes down so there will be temptations if if you stand strong against the temptations and say no to all the delicacies of the devil then what he will do is he will bring fierce persecution against your life if you are walking in the glory persecution is going to come against you okay don't be afraid Uh, you're still more than a conqueror in Christ but when you're walking in heavy anointing and heavy glory and God's anoint God's glory is on you. There's the devil. He's going to aim for you. He's going to target you, and you need to be ready for it. Lies and slander and false accusations will be, will be made against you. There will be so many lies flying. They're like flies. You can't even put them all out. You just just you know just stay on course. Stay on course. Let your forehead, let your face be like flint. What is the persecution trying to do? It's trying to back you off that narrow path of holiness, of purpose, of destiny that God has called you to. So you must be determined to stay on it. Some of you that are involved in business, you're going to have opportunities illegally to tap into millions of dollars. You'll be told that it'll never be known. You'll be told that it's covered. You'll be told that it's not illegal. You'll be told that it's okay. But the Holy Spirit on the inside, there's going to be warning bells going off. Don't touch it. It's a setup. Don't touch it. And you might think, hey, it's millions of dollars. I'm telling you, if the Holy Spirit is telling you don't touch it, you'd better not touch it. I don't care how much it is. Woo! A really good prophet, he... He shared about these things that you go through, these trials, these temptations. And you can feel it. And he was going through a time where financially it was dry for him. And God was taking him through that wilderness where he didn't have extra. He, he has the needs kind of like covered, but he doesn't have any nice pleasantries. So this guy pops into his life with all, this guy's got all kinds of money and he starts making donations and, um, and the Holy Spirit warned this apostle 
do not allow this guy into your heart and don't take his money well you know the man of God said whoo you know what am I supposed to do this guy you know appears in my life as a successful businessman he's got a lot of money and seems like he has no money problems got millions of dollars and uh, he wants to support my ministry now here the Holy Spirit is saying do not embrace this guy do not accept his offerings well he told the guy he said look I can't I can't take your money I don't know what you're doing with your life or I don't know what you're doing with your business but the Holy Spirit said you know I can't I can't take your support well this guy this businessman shows up one day uh, there at the church with a brand new Mercedes Benz paid for as a gift for the Apostle and uh, he says hey look I want to give you this Mercedes Benz uh, you know you, uh, yeah, I just want you to know that my motives are right my heart is pure and please take the Mercedes Benz and so he took it the Apostle gave in and he took it and he went but the Apostle went before the Lord and he said Lord he said I know that your Holy Spirit has warned me don't take anything from this guy but he said Lord you're just going to have to cover this one I'm, I'm just going to plead the blood of Jesus over the Mercedes Benz you know this was like the highest level Mercedes Benz S class something or another he said I'm just going to plead the blood of Jesus over it and Lord you're going to have to cover it because I he said I want it you want I want some blessing and I, I need some blessing well it wasn't until just a couple of months later the whole thing blew up the, the, the so-called businessman was doing all kinds of illegal dealings it all came out and then the newspapers traced his relationship to the pastor traced it to the church and there on the front page of the city newspaper and also on some magazines was a picture of the corrupt businessman with the pastor and that beautiful brand new Mercedes Benz pastor Stephen that must mean God doesn't want ministers to have Mercedes that's not what I'm trying to say God will bless you God will bless you above your wildest dreams but you've got to let him do it his way and you cannot have any area in your life where you're willing to sell out and compromise for anything because if you do the devil he'll he'll find it he'll he'll search for it and he will he will go for that one area and if you give into it he's got you he and he'll, he'll blackmail you he oh yeah he'll bla yes he will he'll hold that he'll say we got dirty laundry on you now you better back off what you're doing better not preach the gospel you better shut up over here on this or that because we've got dirty laundry on you mm, mm. see that the Republicans are funny and uh, they look at the Democrats and I, I'm not saying I support the Democrats because I'm not in the baby killing and I'm not in the hating Israel I love Israel and I believe in the sanctity of human life so I don't agree with many of the cherished beliefs that they hold to but I will say this a lot of the Republicans they look at Hillary Clinton and they said Ooh, we need to put her in jail she had 37,000 emails that she illegally erased off of her computer she whitewashed them she bleached them <laughs> she acid washed them they're all gone why would anybody do that unless it must be something horribly bad well they're probably not gone anyhow probably the Chinese have them probably the Russians have them because they hacked they've hacked all the computers anyhow most of the computers of the other government anyhow but nevertheless the Republicans say yes she needs to be she needs to be put in prison for that but yet 
What would they do if the tables were turned and suddenly the CIA wants to investigate all of their laptops or their cell phones? They'd be like, well, well, we, you know, we don't need to be doing that. Why? Is there something on there you shouldn't, we, we shouldn't be seeing? See, you don't eliminate and erase and delete 37,000 emails unless there is something on there you don't want anybody to see that could be highly, you know, incriminating. That's why you get rid of them. But at the same time, if you're saying, put the person in prison, and you're doing the exact same thing, trust me, there will be a reversal, and they're gonna, something will happen. That's just the way it works, and they're going to come back, and they're going to be wanting to investigate you too. So I'm just saying, if you preach the cross, you have got to live the cross, because the enemy... He's not playing games. He'll be looking. If you're on the front line, he'll be looking. And you've got to be living a holy, clean life. You've got to hate sin. You have got to say in your life, I will not tolerate sin in my life. And if you're willing to go before the Lord and let him deal with it, he'll deal with you and treat you as a son, as a daughter, and he'll work with you in the secret place, and he'll do surgery, and he'll get that junk out. But if you're just prideful and arrogant and somehow think that you're exempt, that you can get away with it, then you'll be the person that blows up publicly. And the mercy of God was that that would never happen, but you were so stubborn and so rebellious and so deceived that you thought it couldn't touch you. But my friends, you need to have your house cleaned. How can judgment begin amongst the unbelievers uh, if God hasn't already been begin, begin to work in such a deep way in the, in the church where His people are clean? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I'm just saying there's a lot of preachers out there today. They preach messages. They wouldn't clean you. Uh, it's just like A.W. Tozer, the great mystic preacher back from the 50s and 60s. He said some of this preaching is like trying to shave with a banana peel. There's no bite to it. It's just like it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no sharpness to it. It doesn't do anything. How is it supposed to help me live a life of victory? It can't. That stuff can't. It will not produce the victory that you're looking for. And you need to be able to see through that. And you need to get ready for the end times because ready or not, we are plunging into them and the deception is only going to get greater. You need to be rock solid in the Word of God. You need to have a very strong relationship with the Holy Spirit because He'll keep you on that highway of holiness. Yes, I said holiness. Holiness is still right. It's still right, praise God. I know some people have gone too far. They get into legalism and stuff like that. That's okay. We've got the book of Galatians. That'll straighten you out if you had any legalistic problems. But you need to live a life of righteousness. Paul, writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, he said, this is the way that you should live. You should follow after my lifestyle, my pattern of righteousness and faith and love and patience. Woo! Praise the Lord. But righteousness, right acting before the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just be ready as the glory falls. Don't be immature and silly. Don't be like, woo, woo, this is wonderful. Woo, be on the alert. I'm not saying you can't have fun. I'm not, I'm not saying that the glory can't be intoxicating. But I'm saying you have to be aware that when it rains spiritually, the frogs come out, the demons come out, the deceptions come out, seducing spirits come out. They're going to try to take you out. They'll try to take you down. 
and the end time glory will be a sustaining glory because God's ministers that are in this move and God's soldiers that's you uh, and many of you are being raised up by the Lord for great exploits you will be sustained in an ongoing move that's like a wave that comes in, but it doesn't sweep back out. So there will be no more ebb of the tide. Tide comes in. We have revival. Then it goes back out, and there's no revival for the next 20 years. And then 20 years go by again, and now another wave of revival comes in. Oh, we got revival again. But see, there's not going to be any more of the tide comes in, tide goes out, tide comes in, another move, tide goes out, the move's over. No, there's going to be a move of the Spirit, and it's going to come in strong, and it'll be sustained. The glory must be sustained on your life throw the devil out of your life throw him out of your laptop throw him out of your phone throw him out of your mind throw him out of any television programs that you would see that will be impure or unholy glory to God don't toy with your destiny the glory is too great don't sell out for some cheap trinket don't settle halfway up the mountain of God when you can go all the way to the top and be greatly greatly blessed by God beyond measure Heavenly Father we thank you for the strength of your spirit to carry us through any temptation any attack any form of persecution we thank you, Father God, that in Christ Jesus we are more than conquerors, not just on paper, but in reality, in real life. Thank you, Father God, for the hidden manna, for the overcomers. We give you praise, Father God, that in Christ we are overcomers, public life and secret personal life as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be deliverance for any child of God watching today that needs to be set free. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. I bind every tormenting power that's tried to tangle you up and hold you down and hold you back in secret sin. Loose them now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together today. Lord, we give you praise today. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Now, be mindful of this. The preacher that preaches, despite miracles or signs or wonders or things like that, the preacher that preaches, is it taking you into holiness? Praise God. That right there would clear up some of the problems that the church has had in the last 10 years. Is the message, is it taking you into holiness? Well, Pastor Stephen, it's taking me into the anointing. That's not what I'm asking. Is it taking you into holiness? Is it taking you into a bride without spot, without spot or wrinkle? If it's not, if it's not, be careful because the, the messenger, the preacher could switch when the culture begins to corrode more, and they could just give in and just switch, and the next thing you know, they're teaching crazy stuff because that's where the culture is gone. And they've embraced that because of fear of backlash or fear of being persecuted, and they just gave in. They compromised, they gave in. And the thing is, they were like that the whole time. They were like that the whole time. So stay on the alert. Praise the Lord. There are plenty of good rock solid preachers that are out there. Don't listen to any fuddy duddy stuff. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the 
the communion, before we take communion, let me give opportunity for anybody who may be watching today, and you're lost in your sins, and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you would like to be born again, and be made brand new, and receive the nature of God, the nature of Christ, and have your sins forgiven, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I repent and turn from all of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And Christ has heard that prayer, and He has saved you from destruction, and you now belong to Him. Now serve Him with all of your heart. Let's all take communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the bread and the juice. We bless it and consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You for strength, not to just survive the last days, but to overcome and be victorious in the last days. No matter what hell may throw at us, we thank You, Father God, that we are overcomers. We give you all the praise, all the praise. Don't compromise one inch or one area of your life. Don't do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get angry at sin. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. We receive the body of Jesus and his strength in his name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. The glory of God, listen to me, the glory of God is going to come on you so strong that all of your dreams are going to come true. Okay? Get ready for it. But be ready. Be ready for the frogs. They will come out when it begins to rain. Be ready for temptations and persecution, unlike ever, anything you've seen before, you're going to think, this is crazy. What in the world is going on? It's raining. And as the glory is coming out, the frogs are coming out. That's all that's happening. But you've got to know what's happening. You've got to be aware of it and prepared. Now, get strong now. Don't wait until then to somehow try to respond. Get strong now. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You are in the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. Be on the front line right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, some of these cruises, they even have cruises that are called hedonism. They're, that's actually what they call them. Cruises that are just, the whole cruise is called hedonism. What is that? Total wild parties. Nothing but the most indulgence of the flesh, gluttony, sexual immorality, and just engorging it as much as you can for a three-day cruise. It's called hedonism. You need to get off the cruise ship of the flesh and get on the battleship of the Lord Jesus Christ and blow the devil out of your life. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Change ships. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and the cleansing, the complete washing away of all sin. Today is a new day. Your sins are forgiven. Receive the blood of Jesus now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Father, I just release strength and grace 
and anointing into the lives of your people. We thank you, Father God, for great glory. We thank you also for no compromise, that the big one is coming, and it's, the glory is already coming down. It's already beginning to rain. Woo! Watch it. You'll see it. You're going to see it. It's going to surprise you. It's happening even now. Something started happening with me and my wife in the ministry today. It's, it's already starting to rain. It's touching you. Okay, so be ready, be ready, be ready. Mm, mm, mm. Be ready, be ready. Don't be goofing off. Don't be going days and days with no prayer, days and days and days without being in the Word. You are playing with your destiny. Mm, thank you, Jesus. You can't, you can't live like that as a Christian anymore. You're not going to make it. The deception out there is going to be so thick, you cannot be a silly Christian and make it anymore. You're going to have to be sharp. You're gonna, look, God's going to make you a super soldier. He's going to turn you into a super soldier for Him. Woo, but you're going to be walking with Him tight. Glory to God. Father, may that grace be released. Transform your people into super soldiers. In the name of Jesus, receive. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, thanks for watching. It's beginning to rain. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.